What's up, Internet? You're tuned in episode 74 of Nintendo Noise, Slip Screen Games' weekly Nintendo podcast. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined as always by my very good friends and co-hosts, Mr. Stephen Radford. Hello, hello. And Miss Sierra Plus Ultra. Goodbye, goodbye. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? Nothing much. Yeah. How are you doing, Pete? I'm doing pretty good, you know? It's good to be back. You know, Sierra, it's like, I feel like we haven't talked in a long time. You, you were just on the show two weeks ago. Yeah. Right? But it feels you know, like it's I been was. a minute. Yeah, good to be this here. Is, this is my first show of 2023, right? Nintendo yeah, that's true, too. See, I've yeah. ta- I talk to you Aww. every week on the other stuff, at least. So it's like, you know, yeah, doesn't feel I was like sick, it. But. So I missed it. And then what was that? I was sick again last week. Yeah, just sick all the time. Yeah, you've been you've, you've gone through the ringer uh, this year already. Hopefully you're getting all the bad luck out of the way. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think it can only go up from here. I'm feeling good. Good, good. That's what that's what we want to hear. Um, speaking of feeling good, I'm feeling good about the likelihood of me actually playing my Nintendo Switch this week because Fire Emblem Engage is right around the corner, and I'm very excited about that. And we're going to talk about it in a minute, but I want to start things off with a question from one of you. Asobi wrote into the Discord and said, question for those who have gotten an OLED Switch. Are you glad you switched over now that it's been a while? Would you all say it's more of a novelty upgrade, but not at all a you should definitely do it if you can thing? With Fire Emblem Engage coming up and me knowing that I'll put a lot more time in it in handheld mode, I was thinking of doing the jump. Also, to give me some more motivation to play Switch again. Mm. So I um, thought so, I thought this was uh, an interesting Sierra, question. Sierra, you picked up an OLED Switch, right? I did. Yep. Um, yeah. I a, a turn of fate where last year my cart reader stopped working on my original Switch. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, that was like that was sure a thing. Uh, Yeah, it was like it was such a hard toss up because it was like I could go get it fixed somewhere and it wouldn't, you know, cost me an arm and a leg, maybe maybe a modest arm, maybe not a leg, (laughs) maybe like up to Um, the elbow, you know, (laughs) up to the. (laughs) Um, So I could have done that, um, but I was nervous about like how much time that was going to take. I'm a streamer and I, I just play video games a lot. I was really anxious about it. So I was just like, what if I switch on a payment plan? Like I naturally have this break now where like I can I can decide. Um, So I and it happened like get... right around like it was like the thing was out for like what a week or something when that happened too. it was like such a was it wasn't it when you were just about to go away as well on tour? Yes, like... I was supposed oh, to go on. Yeah. Tour. Yeah. I ended up not. Oh, I did bring my old Switch as like a YouTube machine if I needed it. But I actually mostly played my 2DS when we were on the road. Yeah, I remember because you were playing yeah. uh, Puzzle Quest. Yes. Yeah. So I I got I came home to the new OLED. I will say picking it up and like playing a new game on it, like or playing one of like the existing games I had on it. It felt like playing the game for the first time again like that amazement of like looking at like the the overworld and being like god this looks nice but um i was in a unique position so i will say that i did hear that people i don't know if this is like a rumor or just like um anecdotal but i also heard that people who had newer switches struggled less with scarlet violet performance in handhold mode oh interesting people with older switches so I'm kind of glad that I got the OLED. I mean, I of course I always want the the shiny new thing. Yeah. But if my heart reader didn't break, I 
would not have bought it. I really would have made that old Switch last as long as possible. I um I don't know. It's interesting because Asobi positions this as an either or question, and I think it's both. If that makes sense, right? So he asks, yeah. would you say it's more of a novelty upgrade, but not a you should definitely do it if you can thing? I think it is a novelty upgrade to some degree, but I also I think... I think novelty is the right, the right word for it. It's more minimal, right? It's a minimal upgrade. It's like a refresh. Well, but, and, and, if, if, and if you're okay with that, I think it's fine. Yeah, but I but I guess that that's the question, right? Is like how how worth it is it? Is I think what he's asking. And like I agree with what Sierra said where I definitely think it's a marked improvement, right? Like playing um Metroid Dread on it last year was like it's gorgeous. It's such a beautiful game. Looks amazing on that hardware. And I saw it on what it looks like on a on a launch switch versus the OLED and it looks a lot better, right? So like if you're somebody who primarily plays in handheld mode, um and you care about like little quality of life changes then yeah go for it because like you know i definitely don't regret the purchase um but i think we had a a a reply here from andrew valentine from the discord that i think summed up a lot of the questions i think you need to answer for yourself if you're asking about buying it in 2023 versus at launch right um so uh andrew wrote in and said Traded my day one 2017 model in for an OLED in January 2022 and no regrets at all. All the quality of life improvements seem natural and make the Switch feel like a much more premium product. Better battery life than my first one, too. I guess there are two questions to ask for or for you. Uh, first, how big a Zelda fan are you? I reckon that uh, Tears of the Kingdom OLED is real and a massive Zelda nerd. Uh, and as a massive Zelda nerd, I'd love one, right? So we talked about that, um, I guess, two weeks ago. Last episode yeah. Sierra was on, and we talked about um, the the leak around the Tears of the Kingdom uh, OLED switch. So, like, you know, again, right? Like, if, if you're thinking about upgrading and you think that that model is cool, right? Um, we didn't love it, but if you do... Uh, then, you know, that might be a good reason for you to upgrade as well, right? To have like a cool collector's item. Um, But then second is what you think Nintendo's future hardware plans are. Some might take the uncertainty as a reason to skip an OLED purchase. Personally, I think you should go for it. So that's where it comes down to for me, right? Is like, Asobi, I I don't know what your financial situation is, right? So like, if, if you've got money to burn and you want a shiny new toy and you're happy with getting the same old Switch experience with a few new bells and whistles, then yeah, go for it, right? Like, I I think it probably will be a much better experience for Fire Emblem Engage, and I think it probably will encourage you to spend a little bit more time on your Switch. Um, That said, if, you know, you think that, you know, those two games are, you know, are games that you might play docked a significant amount of time, right? Especially Zelda, um, then I don't know, right? Like, if this is going to break the bank, if this is going to keep you from buying new games, if this is going to limit your ability to buy a new Switch if it comes out next year, um, any of the above, right? Then I'd say maybe hold off. Yeah, I, w- I would probably agree with that. I mean, I'm as as time has progressed, I've become a player that plays a lot more on TV than handheld on the Switch. Like, the entirety of Metroid Dread was played docked with a pro controller. Um, majority of uh, Splatoon 3 was played docked, same with Kirby. And maybe part of that is because my Joy-Cons are still drifting and I need to sort them out. 
Um, and that would be one reason to buy a new console for me. It's just like, well, if I'm spending 70 quid on another you might set as well, of right? Guns, I may <laughs> as well like trade in the console and then spend the difference and buy a uh, a new console anyway. But I just, I really struggle with buying a new console this late in the generation, coming into to year six or year seven. Um, I think it's yeah. going into year six now. I I really struggle with that because I think this is the last year. And I don't know that that's a great investment, at least for me. Um, but like you said, it really depends on the kind of player that you are, whether you want a new Switch anyway. And just wanting something, I think, is reason enough to buy it. Yeah, that's why I did just it. Don't, I had the money people, to burn. People don't and... justify it themselves often enough, and they they need a reason to buy something. But if you just want something, that's okay. You can just buy it. Yeah, yeah. And and I think I think the only reason I would caution pause is if that money could be spent better for you right like if if you've got a limited entertainment budget three hundred dollars is not an insignificant amount of money for something that you probably don't need if your launch switch is doing okay and you're the type of person that's going to want to buy whatever the successor is day one right because that you know if that is next year right um you know that's you're spending probably what six hundred plus dollars on consoles in the span of 18 months and you know um I, I you know if that fits in your budget then go for it but if uh if if it's going to be an either or situation i'd probably save that money away for a rainy day and just plan to play these games docked a little bit more so before we get into the next thing i do just want to briefly touch on fire emblem engage again uh max and i talked about it last week so i don't want to retread too much ground but we did get the uh, advanced reviews drop today, and they're fascinating because it's it's it largely very high, right? Like uh, especially from a lot of the, the big names, right? Silicon Era gave it a ten out of ten. IGN gave it a nine out of ten. Game Informer gave it a nine out of ten. Nintendo Life gave it a nine out of ten. Um, but then, like as you get lower down, right? Like you see some. There's like uh, Twinfinite gave it a seven out of ten. Um, I've seen a couple that were like like VGC uh, Video Games Chronicle gave it a six out of ten. Um, there there are some surprisingly low reviews on that scale as well, considering there are a couple that are perfect or near perfect. Where are you guys at with this? Like, are either of you at all interested in this game? No, <laughs> I figured as much. <laughs> um, my yeah, it's. It time was an infinite resource, yeah, sure, but it's not. That's the only reason why. you'd be better off because you never played Three Houses, right? Yeah, I'd like to play that first. You should, yeah, yeah. Like I know Steve didn't you know, that didn't vibe with him. Um, so I, I've given up on. <laughs> no, I still can't pinpoint why it was, and maybe it was the mix and the the kind of doing the social stuff and then doing the combat, which makes me think maybe engage would be better. So, and I really like the the main character design on Fire Emblem Engage. But then I don't really have any of the backstory with Fire Emblem and I don't I, I wouldn't understand who these characters that are spawning in are and <laughs> that was I, the, I don't I feel like I wouldn't really understand the story. That was the thing we talked about last week is like Max and I are both uh new fans. Like we both have only played three houses. So I'm like I, none of these characters mean anything to me. So like I think all of the nostalgia bait is going to be totally lost on me. But I've read that most people say that the the thing that's cool about it is is like the gameplay is really good, right? Like that's the draw. 
So I don't know. Like I, I'm gonna roll the dice on it. I think and and see how it how it lands for me. But I I really don't know. Like I expected to be a lot more excited going into the next Fire Emblem after how much I liked Three Houses, and I feel like this could either end up being like on my short list for game of the year or a game that I play for like 20 hours or 10 hours and then bounce off of it, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can't I can't really decide cuz even though the Verge's headline was pretty scathing, there's little engaging about Fire Emblem Engage. Um <laughs> Ash Parrish who who wrote the review goes on to say that they still spent 70 hours in the game, a good 30 more than I probably needed to finish. Because I had such a ball building armies, equipping them with emblems and formulating strategies, I, I needed to win. I have, like absolutely no, uh, no disrespect to to Ash or or anybody, but I did think that was funny. Where I was like, man, like the wordplay in this title is excellent, and I get why you committed to it, but like that feels harsh for what the subhead is. I'm like, oh, I, I, yeah. actually, I played it for seventy hours. It's fun, right? Like the gameplay is good. Yeah. It's like how how not engaged were you if you played it for seventy hours? Although I guess yeah. you know it was your job. to to review it but you said right you played it for 30 more hours yeah well you, you, you played it you played it for that's like 30 good. hours more right yeah like that's pretty good but I, but i also the things that ash pointed out i think are the things that i'm concerned about is that like the story is going to feel shallow and i know that they've scaled back some of the the social elements which were like you know i, I liked that loop a lot but i also deeply deeply love tactical rpgs so like i think the gameplay enough will be you know, appealing to me. So I don't know. We'll see. I'll talk about it. My my question is: Do we get this and Advance Wars in the same year? Is Advance Wars coming out this year now? Or is that pushed to twenty twenty four? I have no idea. Like, where is that game? I have no idea. I know it, where where to go. It's <laughs> it's like and it's like you know like the reason that they gave right like. So what are they not going to put it out until the conflict is over? Like, are they going to, you know, it's like, I don't know. Like it has to come out at some point. Right. And like, especially when it feels like we're teetering on the edge of a new hardware generation, it's like, you got to get this game out at some point. And it feels like it coming out the same year as a fire emblem is definitely not. So it's setting it up to fail unless you've got nostalgia for advance wars. And I mean, I can imagine that's one of the plays with it, right? It's a collection of the games. You, mm-hmm buy it you've played the games before you're you're picking up again well i don't know it might I, it might appeal to people like you where you're like ah like i you know i like social sim stuff but i didn't like it in fire emblem and i liked the gameplay and like you might like an advanced wars where fire emblem didn't work for you right? yeah i mean i liked Wargroove, so yeah. I, and i know i i know i like advanced wars so i, I was planning on, on picking it up i just yeah fire emblem i a firing emblem engage i don't think i will but the reviews seem fantastic for the most part and and i think if you're a big Fire Emblem fan, it's probably going to be one to to grab day and yeah. date. If you uh, if you're someone who's just played Three Houses or Fates or more one of the ones with the more social elements in, and that was really what drew you in was the story and the social elements and getting to know the characters. It's probably not the one for you, but might be worth checking out anyway. Yeah, I'm hoping I'm hoping I'm into it anyway because I you're picking it up. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a shot. I gotta try it. You know, like I, I like three houses enough that I, I'd like to to at least, you know, give it a fair shake. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I'm 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 not not nervous about it. I'm a little nervous. I'm going to get it and be like, damn, this isn't for me. But I don't know. I also kind of felt that way going into three houses. Like, I fully expected that to be mm-hmm. a game that was like how I felt about Xenoblade where I like 
I'm like, oh, I really like this. And then like I fell off of it, you know, because it was like it was just too much. And it wasn't it wasn't hitting me the way it needed to to carry through for 100 hours. Right. Um, but I also don't think this is as long. So I don't know. I know I'm in the mood for a tactical RPG. And part of me is like, should I just go play uh, Marvel Midnight Suns? Because I didn't get around to that at the end of last year. But like, you know, I think you probably should. Yeah. But it's also like I, you know, I want I want to I want to get this game and try it and talk about it, you know, and um have at least one of us cover this new <laughs> this new release. Yeah. Is Matt, is Matt yeah. picking it up as well? He's on the fence. He's not sure. Um, I, 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 I'm sure Chewy will. We might have to get Chewy back on the show in order to to go over. I would love to. He said he was supposed to be back on the show this week, but you know we live in three different time zones, so that can be tough. Yeah, um, he's an elusive man. He is. He is not the elusive man for Mass Effect. He's a bad dude. He, but he is an elusive man. Um, but yeah, we'll talk more about Fire Emblem Engage uh, next week, or I forget where it lands. So either next week or the week after, whichever the first show is after it's out, we'll have some. We'll have some impressions for you. Uh, but to answer, uh, or I'm sorry, we already answered Asobi's question. What I meant to say was to uh, keep the conversation rolling. I want to jump into our next talking point here, which is uh, <laughs> a. The Nintendo Switch just refuses to slow down. Um, we we talked uh, a couple of weeks back about the Switch successor, right? And I remember Sierra and Max and I were talking about how a big motivating factor for Nintendo um, to take their time is that the console just absolutely has not at all lost its appeal, right? Like, it is still selling um, a ridiculous amount. And there are two uh, news stories this week that caught my attention. The first of which is that Switch topped U.S. console unit sales in 2022. Um, and that's in the context of the wider industry sales declining 5%. This comes from Video Games Chronicle. Um, and there's there's a, a little bit of, of context here. But basically, they're kind of compiling data that's been put out by the MPD Group, which is a analytics firm that tracks the video game industry. And... Announcing the after announcing the December and full year sales uh, earlier this week on Tuesday, uh, Nintendo Switch was the greatest uh, had the greatest number of consoles sold throughout the year. Even though the PlayStation Five made more money because it obviously um, is a more expensive console. Double the price, yeah. Yeah, so you don't, you know you need to sell for every two Switches, right? That's that's what Sony's making on a PlayStation Five. Um, but that said, right, like. That's not really what's important, right? Like, obviously, Nintendo does sell the Switch at a profit, um, which is is great for them. But you're making the money on the the software after the fact. So when you're selling twice as many units as um, you know the leading uh, the the market leader in terms of like amount made, um, that's a great place to be when you're the one who owns this shop that sells the software. So definitely a huge yes. W for them. It's pretty interesting, though, that you know what the top. One, two, three, four games. I don't know about five. Aren't for sale on Nintendo Switch? Yeah, the top five were Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, Elden Ring, Madden NFL 23, and uh, God of War Ragnarok, and then Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga. I think that one is on Switch. Yeah, I think I think that uh, one might be, but the other ones the other ones definitely are definitely on. I Nice to see two Pokemon titles in there. Two Pokemon Mario games Kart. in the top ten. Ridiculous. <laughs> Ridiculous. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But 
Um, was cool to see Kirby in the Forgotten Land was in the top 15 at number 14. Truly ridiculous is that Mario Kart 8. Number 11. <laughs> yeah. what's, what's also kind of mental, though, is that digital sales aren't included for any of the Nintendo titles. So they could pretty pretty easily be surpassing the the like top five. Especially yeah. Lego. Sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, right. It it's being wild. number four. Yeah. It's interesting, yeah. Like, I would have said Pokemon probably sold more than Lego Star Wars. Without a doubt. At the very least. Yeah, you would think, because there's... And we'll talk about Pokemon sales in a minute, but yeah, I think there was like a pretty significant... It's a couple million sold that were digital, so... Yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting that they don't have... Yeah, because it's it's the digital sales are not included for Xbox and Switch. So PlayStation is included. So like like God of War, right, Mm -hmm. being number four is like... (laughs) Mm, which which skews the chart, like, <laughs> the chart significantly does, in yeah. PlayStation's favor. But that's the thing, right? They they can only work with the data that's available. So, like you know, if if Nintendo uh, and, and Xbox aren't um are providing that up to, I'd like to see. One, oh yeah, true. Yeah, but I'd like to see one of these where um where maybe they they look at the split, you know, because MPD knows the the average split of digital sales versus physical sales. I think it's around fifty fifty. So you could shave off maybe like 50% of them and say, right, here's like a an estimated ranking of what we actually think it is based on yeah. we think they've sold 50% more or 50, this one sold 50% less because we're not including digital sales for Xbox and PlayStation. Well, like there's certain games there's certain games where you could figure it out too, right? Like um, if you know how many physical copies have been sold and you know how many copies have been sold, then you have an idea of how many digital copies have been sold, right? And it's like not every game you're yeah. going to have those same data points because not every company's going to talk about them. But like when you have something like Scarlet and Violet that's like setting sales records and they're constantly talking about how many units have been sold, then it's a little easier to figure some of that stuff out. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's that's a that's a good point, uh, Steve. That it's it's interesting that the Nintendo Switch continues to be the most popular console to buy, um, but that, you know, it's not necessarily where the most played games of the year are landing. You know, like, I mean, they've got, you know, a decent number of, I mean, what, they have, what, one, two, three, four, five, six games on the top 20. That's pretty good. I mean, that's a quarter of yeah. the games um, are on their platform. Yeah, you're right. I mean, and a bunch of them of those, are old I games. A, yeah, I was going to say, two of them, especially Mario Kart 8 and Super Smash Bros, are two that, you know, they're just state of the whole games that you know you're going to buy if you're picking up a Switch. Mm-hmm. You're definitely picking right. up a, a copy of Mario Kart. You may be picking up a copy of Smash Bros. And that's why they're they're always here. They're always in the top-selling games. And they, they might no, be bundled no in with your hardware, too, right? Those are the yeah. two most popular bundled games. Right? They still have a Smash which bundle, makes, which right? Which makes sense. Or maybe they don't anymore. I, I don't remember. I don't know about that, but I, don't, I know they definitely dropped that Mario Kart bundle out every Black Friday. It's just mm-hmm. like, here you go again. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> you know this one you love this who doesn't one. want to copy mario <laughs> right, right? But like if you're buying a nintendo console you want the mario. driving game yeah. yeah you need it it's like it's one of those <laughs> games where it's like everybody likes it everybody can play it it's great for casuals great for the heart you know it makes sense that it still sells but it's ridiculous that it is in the top uh what where is it it's it's 11 it's right outside of the top 10 and it's that game is over 10 years old yeah 
nuts. I don't know what it is. Or not over, I guess. Is it 10 this year? I don't Yeah, it's 10 10 this year. It came out in 2013, right? With Old. Old game. Aging. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's like you think about... What? All the ten years this year, like, I know. Oh no, I can't. I can't do that right now. I can't do that right now. I don't <laughs> Please don't make me think about my life. <laughs> <laughs> don't think about how old Skyrim is. That's the most depressing. <laughs> oh yes. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. That's not like that one. It's just so funny. Nintendo. You just look at this list and you're like, I see where the family games are, and they're all pretty much Nintendo. They got that hard cornerstone on the market. Yeah, That's I mean, nobody else really does that, right? Like, I think yeah. the only, really the only major uh, AAA studio that that makes family-friendly games that aren't Nintendo is TT Games, the Lego people. Mm-hmm. I'd say Sega, like with Sonic With games, Sonic, that's probably, true. That's true. Really can't. Um, but, but you're right. I mean, it's certainly not Sony and Xbox are not making really any family-friendly games in-house. It's toys for Bob were. Um, and it seems like they might be again. There's like a rumored, another rumored Spyro game, uh, which hopefully crossed, will baby. come to Switch as well. Uh, but yeah, it's it's interesting. I also feel like it it makes sense that why sales are still increasing, right? Rather than um, you buying a solo console for the home with with the PlayStation and the Xbox, with the mm-hmm. Switch, everyone wants their own individual one. So you might have a household yeah. with multiple switches with say you got three kids or you've got like you want one you want one and your partner wants one i know we've got two in this house i'm sure both of you have multiple switches in your house three. Yep. <laughs> so <laughs> it's we have three too yeah so it's 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 not it's not like one console for the house like it used to be and like it probably still is for ps5 and xbox series x everyone has their own switch which is what nintendo's strategy was it's why they introduced the switch Lite. they've spoken about they wanted everyone to have their own switch it's why they made animal crossing designed the way it is so you share a single save so no one wants to so you're forced to buy another <laughs> switch for your partner <laughs> evil yeah but it's brilliant too <laughs> oh yeah brilliantly evil <laughs> yeah that's for sure um yeah so it's it's definitely it's definitely very interesting to see. And there was another uh, bit of of context that I saw. This was uh, over on the Nintendo subreddit um, where Nintendo Switch is now the best-selling console of all time in France. It's currently at 7.1 million consoles sold. And the top comment on this post uh, was from a user named uh, Sam Wizith, I think is how you... I don't know. It's a weird-ass name. It's Sam something. Uh, and he says, or they say, the population of France is 67 million. That's roughly one out of every 10 French people has a Nintendo Switch. Wow. That's fucking nuts. That is a, like, when you contextualize it, right, that the idea that, like, one in 10 people, like, if you're in any crowd of people, right, there's at least one yeah. person who owns a Switch. Like, that's crazy. There's at least one gamer amongst you. Yeah. <laughs> or more. <laughs> crazy oh my gosh i don't know you know obviously i love my switch it's just like uh it's interesting how like even with its um reputation amongst the more hardcore gaming community i guess it makes more sense like it makes sense like it's in this niche community like we we are all like all right you know we're self-aware or like we are aware like switch is not like the greatest like 
technological marvel in ha- terms of like handheld gaming, gaming period. But like, it's they've just like um, done an amazing job of um, marketing themselves, marketing the unit, and like it's just so it, it made such a huge splash culturally. Like to think a whole country, like everyone has one, pretty much. Um, it's wild. Yeah, and I mean, I I think I think you're right that like the impact it had on the culture is I think it, it's such a big part of I think why it's it's been such a success is like every time that Nintendo really has like a banger on its hands, it is something that in some way, shape, or form has like changed the conversation around video games or like dominated it in certain sectors, right? Like yeah. you made the point, like they're they're you know if you're a person with a child, right, and you're and you asked me like. What video game console should I buy? It's like, what person is not going to say a Nintendo Switch? You know? Right. And it's like, there are a lot of children. And particularly when you think of it in the context of, like, the pandemic and, like, that there were, like, multiple years where, you know, um, kids couldn't be outside, you know, playing sports, going out and doing things, right? Like, I'm sure there are a lot of people that bought Switches in that context and then now we're getting another one or whatever, right? And have developed um a lifelong gaming habit you know um so yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's i think they've done so many things right and it it's funny that now the biggest obstacle they have is like not getting in the way of their own success right it's like okay right. how do we how do we follow up this thing that is still wildly popular uh in a way that speaks they've to our they've got to be so nervous about yeah, it yeah so it's scary transition yeah, because right. it's happened before. What you don't want is you you want to keep you want to keep the. I think they need to keep the branding consistent because the Switch brand is almost at the same level as Nintendo among some people at this point. Like, I love my Switch. I want to play my Switch. It's not like it used to be like oh, I'm going to play into the Nintendo. Yeah. And and I think they need to keep that brand. But how do you do that without making it? seem like the issue they had with the wii u like an accessory and people don't really understand what it is a and like, number is it a new console yeah i think you potentially do a number, you but then the that. problem is like how do you if they want to make the games cross compatible like how do you get that across like there's a lot they do need to consider right. in how they market it yeah uh and i think they can i think they can do it you know xbox was able to do it with <laughs> with the xbox one and they managed to sell some consoles. That was the worst named console ever. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I really, I really think that they should just copy what PlayStation does because I think there's a reason that the PlayStation, like you, you made the point right that the Switch brand is so strong. I think there's a reason that the PlayStation brand is so strong. It's because it's very clear, right? Like it's always like, okay, PlayStation, right? Got it. Cool. Got it in because it was cheap. Everybody's games were on it. It's disc based. So they were able to steal all of these, you know, developers and publishers and get them to come over and like, okay, great. We established a base. Now, PlayStation 2. Okay, cool. It's literally better and more powerful in every single way. And it was the best selling console of all time. And it's like, cool, great. We've established now. This is what happens, right? We make exceptional consoles. We release exceptional software. And when it's time for the next one, there's a number break and you'll know when it's time to upgrade and like you just do what they did with this right where if they're like really so worried about keeping the switch user base activated i think it's pretty simple right you maintain accounts so that the account i have on my switch goes to my my switch too 
right? And it's a straight line. All my software runs Which it does fully backward anyway, compatible. Right? Like you can you because you can tra you transfer accounts from yes. say a switch to a switch OLED. You, you should be able to transfer to a a switch two or whatever they call right. the next one. Yeah, I mean, frankly, you shouldn't have to transfer it, right? It should be like the way that it works on PlayStation, where you set up yeah, a primary console and you're like, this is my primary switch, and if I yep. log in on another switch, I can activate. You know, like that's how it should work. But then work, you should but... be able to search for a username as well and not have a friend. Yeah, code, that's but, a whole other you know, barrel of fish. That's still not happening. We'll see what happens there <laughs> if they ever get with the times on that stuff. But you know, at this point, I'm, I'm, it's, it's like not, it's not an interesting thing to call them out for being behind the times still, right? It's like, okay, whatever. Um, but yeah, and I, I think you make it fully backwards compatible, right? And you just release two SKUs, right? Like, and that I think is where they're, they're probably going to have difficulty is making it fully backwards compatible because they're going to be two different architectures of chips that they're trying to go through. They're going to have yeah. to do like a, a compatibility layer like Valve's made with Proton. To, and I can imagine some games won't work, but I think for the majority of the library, they should be able to get it going. They should be able to figure it out. You know, like I, I, yeah, they I have should. very you know, little they've got Nvidia on their side, right? If yeah. you, Nvidia wants to keep selling them chips, they've got they've got to help with the work. I would imagine. I have very little empathy for that as an argument anymore. When Xbox figured out how to make it so that games that I owned on the original Xbox can still be in my library now, like it's just kind of like figure it out. Like, it's not my job yeah. to to uh, give you a pass because it's difficult. It's your job to figure it out and give me a better consumer experience, right? Like, mm. you, this, like Nintendo's a multi-billion dollar company. They can make it the Switch 2 backwards compatible. The Wii played GameCube games. So if they're going to do like a generational thing, which, which you seem to think is what, what's going to be right, it's a Switch that's what 2. I think it, that's what I think it should thing. be. I don't know that it will do be. You think, you think that's what they're going to do, though? I don't know, because they've talked about it. They've talked about the whole 10-year life cycle and, and whatever, whatever. Yeah. Like, I, I, the idea of them doing something different is not unheard of, right? Nintendo does different stuff all the time, right? They have a, a legacy of making weird decisions. Um, so, like, the idea that they would do something non-traditional is certainly not out of the realm of possibility. But I, th I think... Um, I don't it would know. be their first number on a console if they did it. They've never done. Yeah. They've never done a, a sequel console. They've always just had a new name. They have though, right? Because it's like the Nintendo and then the Super Nintendo. Like that had the Nintendo. You know that had a through line. It's not yep. one to one. Game Boy to Game Boy Advance, right? Like it's a DS to 3DS. Like Wii to Wii U. Um, you're right. It would be the first numbered console. But I think that, I think that's the only thing that makes sense. Because I think any other naming convention, you open yourself up to the same problem that you identified with the Wii U. If they call it like Nintendo Switch Plus, right? Or new I Nintendo Switch. I could see them Switch doing a Pro, or... though, because PlayStation set a precedent with that and people understood the PS4 and the PS4 Pro. And I think people understand that with phones as well. Like I get yeah, the iPhone but... or the iPhone Pro and the Pro's like the, the one that's more powerful. And I don't more. think... I don't think they can get away with that anymore. I think if they wanted to do that, they would have needed to release it earlier because I think if the idea is to make it more akin to like cell phone releases, right? Like think about the way that cell phone architecture works, right? Like uh, a platform is developed, right? And then you iterate on the design and you add new functionality and you make it more powerful and new software comes out that, you know, the old, the, the, oldest model that they still support, you know, doesn't work with anymore, right? And then you gradually move where that line is, right? So, like, the Switch you bought in 2017, 
you know, would still play games that come out in 2020, but maybe not in 2023, right? Like, or something like that. I'm using the timeline we have right now. But I think for them to come out and do that now, it's too late. Like, because they need a full generational divide, right? Because I think I think we're all in agreement that Tears of the Kingdom probably represents the last major release on the Nintendo Switch. I don't think they can... I don't know about that, actually. I could see a 3D Mario sneaking in this year. Maybe, maybe, but whatever. Mm. For the sake of my argument, let's accept that this is the last year of major software releases then, right? We're not going to get another Zelda game that can run on Switch, right? And if they do, they're going to be significantly limiting what they can do because they're going to be developing new games on hardware that came out seven years ago at that point. Like, and I think, yeah. that, I think that that's going to catch up to them eventually, you know, and maybe this isn't it. Right. And maybe they can get away with it a little bit longer, but I don't think that they want to have the games that their next, right. The next generation of hardware should be pushing what their developers can do. And it should be opening up new opportunities and new options for them. Um, and I, I, I think I think first party is one thing, right? And obviously the sales are still booming for them. We've we've just spoken about the fact that the console sales are still selling like gangbusters of the 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 headline games like Mario Kart and and Super Smash Brothers. I think it's going to be the third party support that really drives Nintendo to be like, okay, we really need to release a new console at this point because. What do th- what do third parties bring over when they're developing games for PS5 and Xbox Series X exclusively at this point? Because like they struggled, some of the some some developers struggled to bring over PS4 games. So we already see like FIFA getting the same game released every single year, and they literally just change the names and they don't really release a new engine or a new version of the game. It's like a unique version just built for the Nintendo Switch. I I do wonder at what point third parties are just like we we can't support this console anymore. I mean, I think I think you're already there from the major publishers, right? I mean, shoot, like yeah, other than stuff like Ubisoft where they're building games exclusively for it, like right. uh, Mario Rabbids. But you know, and it's jumping ahead a little bit here, but I mean, this is another thing I wanted to talk about this week is that Mario plus Rabbids uh, underperformed, right? And uh, Ubisoft had their um, they had a, a, a investor presentation, right? And uh, Yves Guillemont, the CEO and co-founder, said, and these, these are direct quotes about, about Mario plus Rabbids, right? Uh, We're clearly disappointed by our recent performance. We are facing contrasted market dynamics as the industry continues to shift towards mega brands and everla- everlasting live games in the context of worsening economic conditions affecting consumer spending. Despite excellent ratings and players' reception, as well as an ambitious marketing plan, we were surprised by Mario Plus Rabbids Sparks of Hope's underperformance in the final weeks of 2022 and early January. So... It's, it's, does Eve remember a different marketing plan to me? Because I don't remember seeing a single advert for that game. Yeah, I don't really remember seeing one either. But yeah, I maybe saw one, and that's it. Like, I don't remember them. I don't remember really seeing many streamers playing it. Like, and, what and, was that? What was their strategy? Yeah, what was out- yeah, what was the outreach plan like? And, and I mean, like you, you put it in the context of this too, though, right? It came out in October. And that was just weeks away from God of War Ragnarok, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, and Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, which, as we just talked yeah, about and, earlier... And Pokemon is just, like, the one that, that completely cannibalized their sales sure. here. Because I know you, for example, were, was just like, well, you know, I might pick it up, 
but you know the pokemon's just around the corner and it's just like do you really want to go up against the biggest franchise on nintendo's platform i i don't think so like well, even if you've got Mario on the cover, like you're just the side Mario game with the rabbits in. Right. And this is the thing. He he gave this context, right? He said when there's more pressure, people go to the biggest brands and they don't go for the small ones. What we've observed is that there has been some contra- uh, contraction in overall consumer spending coming from the economic environment and rising inflation. And yeah, I mean, I think, you know, you're right that the Nintendo published stuff continues to sell well. But I think that, you know, when Ubisoft can't release a successful third-party game that they designed specifically for the the hardware with Nintendo's mascot characters in it, no less, like, I think that speaks to the fact that, you know, um, like, you look at this list, and like I said, there's six games on this list that are from Nintendo. That's nothing to sneeze at. But when two of them are old games, that speaks to the fact that new people are buying those, right? Like not existing players. And I think that's the quagmire they found themselves in is that they're still very successfully selling the Switch to, you know, the casual market, but that the market that invested in the hardware early is like seemingly anyway, right? So this is something that's probably more niche and more aimed at the, you know, the core audience, right? But like it underperformed. Right. And it, and it didn't see that success. And is, is that going to be the last original game that Ubisoft uh, develops for the Nintendo Switch? I'd bet money on it. They can't afford to take losses like that when they're already struggling. Right. And who else as a third party is actually developing original games for the Nintendo Switch rather than doing like half-baked cloud ports? Right. It's like Square Enix. Mm hmm. And who else? Yeah, I mean, even then, they're not making exclusives anymore. You know, the Project Triangle yeah. wasn't an exclusive, like Octopath Console was. exclusive, at least. They released that. I think they've released it on other consoles now. Oh, you know you what? Yeah, it came on, to Game Pass. Xbox and PlayStation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's, like, they stopped with the console exclusivity for that. Um, so, yeah, there's not really much. I mean, EA had that EA originals for a while, but even then they would like ports of other games, weren't they? Yeah, right. So it it's like, like it's not to say that there's exclusive. no third party support, but I already think it's it's limited, and I don't know. Yeah, like, it's I, not like the next Bethesda games coming, right? No. We had Skyrim. Starfield's not definitely not going to show up on the Switch. Yeah, and it's like I don't know. They don't really need that, right? Like obviously, like they're very successful without it. But it's I don't know. It. it they don't, but I feel I feel like consumers want it, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, I don't want to necessarily play. I want I'm buying the console to play primarily Nintendo games, but it would be nice to be able to pick up some third party stuff as well as as well as indie titles. It would be nice to be able to play the latest FIFA here or some. And, and we know Call of Duty is coming, right? They've made that commitment with with Microsoft that Call of Duty is coming to the Switch. I can't imagine it's coming to this Switch because that deals. That's the they didn't say Switch. They said, year. they said Nintendo. Yeah, so who knows what the next console is called in that case. But I, I just, there's there's definitely something around the corner. I just don't know when it is and what it is at this point. I, I, I don't know. I think, I, think, I think they would be really be making a mistake to not just call it a Switch 2 and just own the fact that this is the most successful branding um, that they've had in a long time. And if they're worried about confusing or, or breaking up the audience, don't. Draw a straight line for them. Make it idiot-proof. Yeah. Or call Switch Advance. That'd be cool too. 
nice yeah, but then the people are just like, oh, call it a super switch, or you know, there's there's many things they could call it. I think Switch Two makes most sense, but then do you fall in the same trap of of um, which is why Xbox didn't want to call the Xbox 360 the Xbox Two because it was competing with the PS3 and it sounds inferior because it's a lower number. And I think that's a stupid reason not to name your console. I don't think two. Nintendo would care about that. I think it makes sense when it's Xbox versus PlayStation and they're direct competitors, right? Whereas, like, Nintendo's not. They compete, compete for dollars and mindshare, but, like, they're not, they're not selling the same product. You know, they just happen to be in the same yeah. industry. Anyway, we got some more to talk about, but before that, let me remind you that this week's episode of Nintendo Noise is brought to you by our Patreon producers for the month of January. They are, of course, Anthony Gonzalez, Christian Oliveria, Christopher Valenz, Earth Visitor, Gabriel Hasselmeyer, a.k.a. Asobi, Mary Berry, Matthew MQC, Ty the Dude, Wakahula, and Zade Ida. Thank you all so, so much for your support over on Patreon.com slash Games. You are the realest of the real, and we greatly appreciate your support of this and all of our sister shows. If you want to become a Patreon producer and get your name read on the air or get some extra perks and goodies like getting the show early or, you know, getting preferential treatment when it's time to write in for topics, head over to the Patreon and support us however you can. But if you don't have any money for us, that's fine. There are dozens of free ways that you can get involved and show your support. Head over to flipscreen.games. That's our website where you can find links to all the places we are all over the web. Come join our Discord right into the show. However you choose to get involved, we appreciate you uh, tuning in for this week's show. So let's keep the sales conversation rolling because while Mario plus Rabbids did not meet expectations, Pokemon, I think it's probably safe to say, exceeded them. Uh, As we talked about earlier, it was one of the better selling games of the year, despite only coming out a few weeks ago. Uh, But there have been a few different updates to those sales numbers that I think are very interesting, especially when you put them in the in context. So. Despite, right, the fact that the game had a a notably rocky launch, uh, it has gone on to surpass uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield in eight weeks of sales versus three years of Sword and Shield being on the market. So uh, it's it's pretty, pretty nuts. Um, And and I will say this comes from Game Data Library on uh, Twitter. They're a great follow. You should go give them uh, a look. They do all kinds of cool data. Um, breakdowns of things like this and uh, this is specifically in Japan right that in in eight weeks they've they've outsold three years of sales Um, but they also add the context of including digital sales are of at least six million but I bet they're closer and maybe even over seven million so there's this is even like with missing data Um, so then if you want to like add that for context just to kind of like here's some fun little data points that I think will tickle your brain um, Eight weeks in, it's ahead of many of the other fastest-selling games in Japanese history, including Pokemon Black and White, Animal Crossing New Horizons, and Pokemon Gold and Silver. So Animal Crossing, I think, being probably the most impressive one there, right? Um, Because obviously we know that that was a a titanic success. Um, So then another little bit of context. This one is this this just physical sales again for the Animal Crossing? That's my understanding, right? The tweet says total yeah, total retail sales in Japan. So including the digital, there's an additional specifically. 
I wonder if that game, specifically Animal Crossing, is um, very much digital-centric, especially considering it released during the pandemic, and people sure. probably weren't going out to buy physical games at that point. I think even even with that context, though, like it's an impressive number in eight weeks. Oh, a massively impressive number, but I, I, I'm, I'm curious as to if, if a Pokemon game can topple Animal Crossing, because we've not seen it yet. I'm sorry? Like, make it into that, like, top bracket. Oh, okay. It's just yes. underneath Smash. Is, is it going to be, are they going to take over Animal Crossing? I, I think it's got a good opportunity to, right? Especially because there, there is a, a patch inbound, um, which we don't really know that much about. Uh, according to Cerebi, it's supposed to drop um, in, quote unquote, late fe- February. And the aim is to uh, have bug, fix- bug fixes and added functionality. So that's really all we know about it. We don't have specifics, but um, you know, a lot of people have been thinking this is hopefully going to be the big patch that uh, smooths out some of the rough edges that that people were experiencing. Um, so is that going to be called the apology patch? So I get my point <laughs> from the predictions. No, no, no. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> you know, I, honestly, I hope. I hope so. I hope you get your point because I would. I would rather it happen than not. But yeah, I just want to say we're sorry. Like it should not have come out in this state. We're sorry. They wouldn't do that. I don't think. They I don't will think they... never admit. <laughs> I will never apologize. As they can't their money, we're really sorry, but we love this cash that you gave us. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that's. Ex- <laughs> I mean, that's what the other statement read like, but that came from Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, let me apologize while I fall asleep on this pile of money. <laughs> <laughs> we're sorry. So sorry. Um, corporations, they won't apologize because then that admits false. Not a chance, not a chance, but a boy can dream. And that's what Steve did. Mm-hmm. Um, so stealth also, uh, added a, a comment in reply to game data libraries tweet that I thought was interesting. Um, Scarlet and Violet are so popular in Japan. They haven't dropped from number one each week since they launched in November. My God. Impressive. Really nuts. Nice. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. So you know, I'm just. I feel really, really sorry for Ubisoft because I launched that game at the worst fucking time. <laughs> yeah. I. I mean, this is a conversation for a, a flip screen games at a later date, but I think that ship is sinking. <laughs> oh yeah, it's gonna have to be next week because, like, alongside, alongside what. Um, Eve said in the in the call, right? He put he also sent out like an email um, to the whole of the company saying the ball is in our court. And the 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 union that's representing the strike said, according to Gilmot, the ball is in our court, but the money stays in his pocket. So they're not very very happy with his statement that he made. Yeah, I mean, who could blame them? Um, to have your company be like criticized for having a you know, problematic or toxic workplace culture and then being like, it's on you workers to save your job. It's like, okay. Yeah. See how that one plays out for you, pal. Right. It's a new, Automic yeah. Retribution. Yeah. Right. Comes for us all eventually. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I think, all right, we don't have time to do the game that I teased last week. Because I wanted, I wanted to do this game, and I, w- I was going to play it with Max. We ran out of time. We ran out of time again today. We'll see what happens next. Week. What game? 
What is the game? It's a little game. Little game I cooked up. Little game I cooked up. So Metacritic put out an article about the top Switch, top reviewed Switch games of 2022, and I wanted to see if you guys could guess any of the games. Are we not meant to click on that link? Does Sierra just click on that link? If you click on it, it's it's fine. Just don't look at. Wait, hold on. Yeah, don't click on the link. It'll spoil number five. The top five Switch games of 2022. Let's do it. Whatever. We're going to play it. We're going to play it. We're going to play it. We'll do it right I now. Think, right. Uh, I want to see if you can guess enough. any of them. There are five games. Obvious. And I I was surprised by what they were. Released in okay. 2022. Yeah. But on Switch. So that could games? be an, it could be an old game. Right, that could be released. anything. Yeah. Okay. Inscription. No. Pokemon Legends. Hold on, hold on, hold on. One, one second. Let me just... I'm going to pull up the full list for myself right now so I can um, I can have it in front of me. And while I'm doing that, you two discuss, discuss, the, games there, you right? think, discuss the games you think it is. Uh, so Arceus has got to be on there. And I would imagine... Kirby too, but I don't know if other games released. Xenoblade. Xenoblade, yes. I, I could also see Portal because that came out last year on Switch. Portal 2. Uh, Depends if they count that as an individual release because it was part of like a collection. That's four. Um, I'm thinking either uh, so it doesn't have to be first party. So Definitely not. maybe, maybe either uh, shoot. About like one of the Lego games. Like I feel like Skywalker Saga did pretty well. Yeah, and I mean, um, think about it. Right, it's it is like it's Metacritic, so it's best rated games, right? So like, what what got positive buzz? Not just what were like the hot Switch games, right? Because it's got to be, it's got to have reviewed well. Let's say Skywalker Saga. Is that on there? No. Oh my god! Okay. So, so give me all the guesses you give me. Give me all the guesses you have right now, because I, I think, I think you've gotten, you've got. Okay, Portal is on the list. Portal, Portal was number one. Okay, yeah, I figured it would be because it's the, one of the most highly rated games of all time and it came to the Switch. Number one at 96, uh, Metacritic's number one Switch game of 2022. The Portal Companion mm-hmm. Collection. What? Yep. Oh, wow. Yeah. Have you played Portal, Sierra? No. Me neither. Okay, you need to, you need to fix it. What the hell? Okay, both of you need to play Portal and <laughs> stream together at some Here's point. Here's what we do, Sarah. Let's okay. stream it. We'll stream us playing Portal 1, yeah. and then we can play the multiplayer of Portal 2. Okay. Yeah, but you have to play a single player of Portal 2 before you play the multiplayer of Portal 2, or it won't really make much sense. It's fine. We'll figure it out. <laughs> okay. So, so Portal, Portal and Pokemon Arceus is on there? No. No? There's one other game that you said that is on the list. Kirby? No. What else did we say? What else did we? I don't remember. Xenoblade. Xenoblade. Xenoblade Chronicles Xenoblade. Three is on the list at number three with eighty nine. Okay. Okay. So number two. Is Bayonetta. Missing. No, but that's a good guess. 
Ninja Turtles. No. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a good guess, though. Like that. Um, you want you want to you want a hint? Scrubber's Revenge, whatever it's called. Scrubber, Scrubber's Revenge. What's his name? What's Shredder. His name, his name is Shredder. Well, I Shredder, thought, it, yeah. I heard that as Shredder, and I was like, yeah, yeah, Scrubber. <laughs> Flubber, Flubber's Revenge. Do you want a hint? Yeah, go on then. One of the games is a game we've talked about a lot this year. Persona 5, Royal. That's correct. <laughs> wow. I that is our number two pick at 94 points. Well, no. But are they rating it off of what the else? Switch experience or like the, the game as a whole? That's like, it's just the overall. No, no, no. no. It's, it is the Metacritic of specifically the Switch version. Because if you're on Metacritic, whenever you go to a game's page, it'll have the other platforms it's on and you can go and check. So like, for example, it has a 95 on the, on the PC. It has a 95 on PlayStation, 94 on Switch, and what do we wow. got on Xbox? 94 on Xbox. Wow. So it is... It There's is one specific. left. There's one game we're missing. Yeah, so so far you got number one with Portal. You got number two with Persona 5 Royal. You got number three with Xenoblade Chronicles 3. You haven't gotten number four or number five. Scarlet and Violet? White? No. Good guess, though. Which one? Scarlet or Dion White? I, both, actually, I guess. I'm not Scarlet. Okay. That didn't review well. Right? So it wouldn't be in the top five. Oh, okay. yeah, it did not. Yeah. Okay. Neon White okay. did, though. Okay. Um, Are they indie titles? No. Re-releases. One, what's that? Are they re-releases? One of them is an old game, and one of them was a new release. Okay, the old game. What else? The new release was also a third-party release. I'll give you that clue. The and new I'll, game was a third. It was a third-party release, Rabbids. and we also definitely talked about it on content at one point. It wasn't on this show, though. Mario. Oh. <laughs> we spoke about it on content, but it wasn't on this show. You're going to kick yourself, because I, I know you know this game. The other one is an old game that got re-released, and I don't necessarily expect you guys to guess it. Because I didn't really know that it came to Switch this year. And it's a new game that came out this year. Number five. Did is. Vampire Survivors come to Switch? No. I mean, I don't know if it did, but that's not it. It's not Inscription. No. It's a collection. It's a collection. And it's not the You're right, but you're so close. I like a collection of games. We spoke about it this year. Did we get a review code for this collection? No, we did because we got the review code for the. It was it was celebrating it was celebrating an anniversary. I'm, I'm anniversary. feeding it to you, bro. <laughs> Good God, this is so hard. Why? Okay, so it's a collection. It came out last year to celebrate an anniversary. What I'm googling anniversaries, video game anniversary <laughs> in 2022. Was it Goldeneye? No. I'm gonna give you one more guess. Okay. I gave up. I got no more. <laughs> I got no more in the memory bank. I'm ready to be surprised. <gasps> no GTA. Maybe? Nope. Done. Did that come out last year? No, it didn't. Did it? Okay, so at number four, we had Near Automata, the end of Yora edition. 
And then at number five, okay. we had Atari 50, the anniversary collection. Oh, no way that reviewed that high. 89 on Metacritic. Wow. I need to get that game. Nier also hit an 89. I don't know how they decided which one was, I guess, whichever one had more reviews or something. But yeah, <laughs> Atari 50. Wow. Okay. I need to get Atari 50. All right. So there we go. Good job, everybody. You, got, you, you guys did good. You got the top three. You got more than I thought you would. Yay. I figured you'd get Xenoblade. Um, you missed the high five, Steve. It's okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Let's leave her hanging. <laughs> so yeah, I, fi- I figured you'd get Xenoblade, but I thought the other ones were all pretty tough to guess. So I... And you said it was re-releases. Portal was like a dead giveaway. You know, I feel like yeah, that was, I mean, was a dead set. You, you nailed it. I didn't, I didn't guess that was the case. When I looked at it, I was like, Portal number one, huh? Wow. Okay, cool. <laughs> People sure like playing old games on Switch, huh? People love Portal. It's such a good game. Really good game. One of the best. That's what the they greatest. say. Yeah. Not that Sierra and I would know, but one day maybe we'll figure it out. Yes. <laughs> You like environmental puzzlers? I know you don't really, Pete. I sure don't. Do you, Sierra? Um, I'm not gonna lie. I'm very bad at puzzles. <laughs> but okay. me too. If I mean, I'm always down to try new things. So, you know, Portal's also like charming, right? Like it's got like a there's a story, there's a mystery, there's like there's things about it that I feel like you could get into even if you know puzzles yeah. bother you. Cool. But we'll see. We'll get around to it one of these days. Yes. Anyway, thank you guys for joining us here on another episode of Nintendo Noise. If you want to write in and let us know, uh, you know, I don't know. Actually, I, I don't really know that there's anything you'd follow up on any of these stories. That's usually what I do here, right? I'm like, if you want to let us know what you want to switch. Do you think Ubisoft is going to exist? Do you think Ubisoft's going to exist? Let us know in the comment. Let us know. <laughs> what is your prediction of the Ubisoft? <laughs> implosion timeline i definitely is this the end of the rabbits are they finally going to be dead it's gotta be right like i feel like it probably is because i feel like their moment has passed i feel like ubisoft has said that they're doubling down on their major franchises i don't think rayman and the rabbits cut it anymore yeah so yeah so we'll just 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 dance from now on that's it it's no just, that underperformed just too just dance it. dead it's gonna be done it's wow. gonna go away i bet should have kept releasing the wii games that's what they should have done they stopped last year. No Wii, no Wii release for the new Just Dance 2023, and that's what it was. I gotta say, I think the thing that's so interesting, right, is for years I made fun of them because I'm like, every freaking Ubisoft E3 presentation, there's like a five-minute Just Dance segment, and I, as soon as E3 went away, it died, right? Like, I think, I think people needed that segment every year to be reminded to go buy Just Dance. <laughs> I really think that's what it was. Who's to say? Yes, all the weird, all the all the weird, strange dances and suits. That's what it was. It yeah. was. It captivated people. You know. <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah, I don't know. Write in with something. Write in with a question for next week because I, you know, I, I fire emblems around the corner, but you know, well, we could always use something new to talk about. All right, so hit us with your best Nintendo-related questions at questions at flipscreen.games. Come join the Discord where the conversation keeps rolling. However you choose to get involved, flipscreen.games is the place where you can find us. So uh, thank you again for tuning in. For the crew, I've been Pete. She's been Sierra. He's been Steve. We'll see you next week. Sick.